What's up, everybody? Welcome to It's Not That Terrible, the podcast where I, Zach Brown, sit down with my co-host. Morgan Hyslip. What's up? And we talk about the shitty movies that we love, and this week we have a great one. But first, I want to ask Morgan, how you doing, buddy? How you doing? I'm doing good, man. Um, doing some um, doing some working from home a couple days a week. Work from home today. It's, it's uh, currently Monday. We usually record on Sunday, but, you know, um, things have been good. Doing okay. Uh, kids hanging out downstairs. Uh, we've been playing some Sonic Forces. Just chilling. Uh, getting real stoked for more video games later this week. What about you, dude? What have you been up to? Uh, I've been playing a lot of Call of Duty. The season ends tomorrow, so I've been trying to finish up my last. What? I have three. No. I have three things left in the tier in the battle pass to uh, finish it out. Does so it, I'm at ninety-seven does it right now? Yes, yeah, season three starts on I think the eighth. I think that sounds. That's right. also exciting. That's exciting and also disappointing because I did yeah, not get because, close to finishing the battle pass. Well, and also the Ouch. season ends and Final Fantasy VII comes out Friday, so it's just like, oh, not boy. good. Well, at least we know that on. Final Fantasy VII is like a 10 to somebody, so... Yeah, no kidding. Not IGN, <laughs> yeah. but everyone else. Yeah, well, thanks, Tom Marks. <laughs> yeah, man, it's been good, though. I've been kind of just hanging out. I'm not working from yeah. home. I'm kind of going into the news station, doing some stuff, then going out and shooting random mm-hmm. stuff. Everything's closed down, so it's kind of just shooting buildings. Yeah. yeah. You know, just waiting for sports to come back. I miss it. I miss it a lot. Yeah, yeah, hopefully... Yeah, hopefully we'll move past this soon. Uh, <laughs> It'd be yeah, nice. Yeah, man. Yeah, it'd be real nice, dude. But this movie this week, this is one that you you wanted really bad, and I'm glad yeah. we did it. We did Wet Hot American Summer, which this film it's, is. Yeah, let me preface this. Hot Rod last week was Zach's favorite comedy of all time. This is absolutely my favorite comedy of all time, so much so that I was telling Zach pre-show, uh, where we waste a lot of great content, that I was watching this movie earlier today and usually I watch the night before, but I was watching this earlier today and I got halfway through and I'm just thinking to myself, this is so redundant for me. Like I, like I feel so bad because I don't have to do any homework for this show. And Zach does such a great job building a docket and like, and producing this and everybody, like everybody should like sing praises to Zach because I'm just like, I'm just here hanging (laughs) and Zach does all the work. And especially that especially shows today because this movie, it means a whole lot to me. It shaped a lot of my, it shaped my sense of humor in the past five years. Uh, the chaos that is, that is me. And I'm really glad that we get to do this because it's a very seminal film for a lot of these actors too, with just an all-star cast. And I'm, I'm glad Zach enjoyed it as much as he's, he's told me he has so far. Yeah. This movie is basically hot rod on steroids and I loved it. Yeah. Uh, so let's get into the kind of the factoids, uh, 2001, Director David Wayne, not David Wayne, David Wayne. No. Yeah. Uh, it holds a 36% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is really low. And as I say it every show, I say it every single show, mm-hmm. it is ridiculously low because this movie is like, it knows what it is and it mm-hmm. builds off that because it's hilarious. Yeah. And a big and part of that is, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, comedy is like, comedies typically score low with critics. And that's just the way it is. And we, I mean, we kind of, at some point, <laughs> we is like, I guess, um, as uh, movie watchers, um, an audience, we kind of have to understand that uh, critics want something more. And you can have these smart comedies and stuff like that, like a good Knives Up with a great Rotten Tomato score. But even in the early 2000s and late 90s, mid 90s too, uh, there was a lot of really dumb comedy. And I think those dumb comedies are very important. And I think that's why we've done two of these in a row on this show. Because, like I said, they shaped my sense of humor, and I know they shaped Zach's. So 
yeah, you're totally right. This is criminally underrated. And don't that I think a big takeaway for the show that I want it to be for the audience is that you see these you see these low scores on Rotten Tomatoes, IMDb or whatever, but it's something that you're interested in, just give it a shot. It doesn't even depending on the person, at least for me, if you got me for two thirds of this movie, it's a good movie. You know, I don't care I about the 100%. final act. Yeah, like you grab me and I'm good. I'm I'm kind of just in for the ride. And, and I think I I, I think you're exactly right. Like the film like made me have fun at least the two, first two thirds. If the entire thing's fun, it's great. But this yeah. just it it looks to have fun. You can tell the cast having a great time shooting it, and it's just a, oh, absolutely. It's such a good movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it kind of it kind of sings through that this movie. While it's a comedy, it seems like it has a lot of sincerity with the chemistry of all the actors. Because I, I, I could imagine working with all these people in the same age group, a lot of these folks, um, not really, they're all up and coming, like all up and coming. They don't know the success that they're about to have in the next like 20 years. And I'm positive they were just having a great time acting like this was a summer camp, even though filming is tough and I'm sure acting is very difficult, uh, not to downplay that at all. But it seems like it was a very fun movie to shoot, even though I'm sure Michael Showalter, uh, who is executive producer on this, am I right? He wrote it also. He, okay, he was one of the writers. I've seen some behind-the-scenes stuff of uh, Wet Hot American Summer, and he seems like such a... Um, while he's a great comedic writer, he seems like he's such a guy with a vision, too. And seeing him, like, crack down on some of the, like, on some of these scenes... Uh, I, I wish I could. I wish I could have the point of reference for the audience to uh, to look at this because because it's it's such a good it's such a good insight on Michael Showalter's um, writing skills and just discipline. Uh, he takes it very seriously, and this movie does not seem like it got taken very seriously. But it shows that they wanted something good, and something good did come of it, regardless of yeah. its Rotten Tomato score. I'm gonna stop gushing about this movie, <laughs> um, uh, but before I before I stop, I kind of just wanna let the audience know today that we're kind of shifting a little bit with this episode. We want to have a little bit more of a conversational show. Um, Zach mentioned to me earlier, earlier, um, uh, earlier today, whenever he was preparing the doc, um, you know, the last few episodes have been great. We've been able to break down the plot uh, point by point, and that's been super great. But I think we want to get to know the audience a little bit better. We want the audience to get to know us a little bit better. And this sort of conversational thing, I think gives us that opportunity to um, show a little bit more of our personalities and share a little bit of our insights and why we think that these movies are great instead of just um, going through the beats and talking about them, dunking on them, and all of that as we do. And really, Zach, Zach doesn't get a lot of uh, time to shine with his opinions because he's reading the plot and it's just me kind of interjecting. And I think, I think this is a really good fit going forward. I'm done gushing now. I'm done talking. Zach... You are the host of the show. Please take my mic away from me. Thank you. Yeah, I want to. I want to add. I think changing the the way the show is done makes it less of a hassle to prepare the show and more of a fun time mm -hmm. enjoying a movie. Because like I know with yeah. Hot Rod, I spent like almost two and a half hours watching an hour and thirty minute movie because I was trying to pause it and give thoughts. And I think it right. make the show a lot more digestible to the the listener as well, like you guys. I think you'll enjoy it a lot more hearing us, you know, talk and just have a good time, you know, mm -hmm. with a good movie. And so I really, yeah, it, I really think that this is a good starting point because this film is just like it is a fun one to talk about. Yeah, agreed, agreed. And a big part of that is this cast, which is insane. Yeah, let's get back. Yeah, uh, we have we have Paul Rudd, who is this is post Clueless, post Romeo and Juliet, but it's pre Anchorman. 
mm-hmm. way before Paul Rudd got huge. I think Anchorman's really his big, his big jumping yeah. off point. That and then forty year old versions like that. Uh, we got Amy Poehler pre Parks and Rec, kind of when she was still kind of up and coming. We have the film debut of Bradley Cooper, which I didn't realize this was his first film. So it's really mm-hmm. kind of cool to see him now go from this yeah. to kind of the Oscar caliber actor that he is. Yeah. Uh, Elizabeth Banks. Yeah, straight out of Juilliard, by the way. Yeah, just straight out of Ju- fresh out of college. Yeah. Uh, Michael Showater, who we talked about, um, he wrote this, and he's been kind of a comedic writer in the past. He directed The Big Sick a couple years ago, which is a great film. Yeah. God, um, yes. Go, go watch The Big Sick. That is a yeah. critically great movie. <laughs> yeah, that is an go incredible watch that. movie. Yeah, um, absolutely. Then we've got uh, Ken Marino, who I thought was Tom Cavanaugh from Flash and Scrubs. It looked like Tom Cavanaugh and sounded like him for a while. With that afro, oh, yeah, it just did not look like Ken Marino. <laughs> yeah, you're totally right. He's actually from... Um, uh, no, I'm thinking of Joe Truglio. Joe Truglio... Or two of these actors are from Reno 911. Yeah, Joe, right? Joe Truglio was in Reno 911. I think Ken Marino was okay. also. But yeah, Joe Truglio, okay. I know from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, because... Oh, uh, And I think go. Ken Marino's also in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. He guest stars in the episode. Oh, that's cool. So that's I guess a, that makes sense. Fun fact. Yeah, they've got big roommate energy. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and then we've got Janine Garofalo, who plays Beth, the camp director. Mm-hmm. She's one of those actresses that I, I I just know. I don't know what from, but I just recognize her. Yeah, she's kind of she kind of popped up everywhere. She's in the uh, late '90s, I think she was in um, what's that movie? Um, not another uh, not movie? another teen movie. Yeah, yeah, with I, um, yeah, with Chris Evans and um, all those nerds. Yeah, I think she was in that. Because she's yeah. a very she's a very prominent comedic comedic actor, just never, um, just no, I don't think I've ever seen her as like a uh, as a lead role. I mean, in this she's a lead role, but kind of everybody's a supporting role uh, in a sense in this movie. But yeah, she's she's been around. And then we've got uh, it's I think it's Margaret Moreau. Her name is very weirdly mm-hmm. spelled, and it's a lot of syllables. It yeah, shout out of, to Margaret. Go ahead. I think she kind of plays the main one of the main characters, like the main group mm-hmm. of like Michael Showalter yeah. and Paul Rudd and I don't even yeah. think Amy Poehler and Bradley Cooper fall into that main cast. They're kind of just like no SNL characters in the movie. <laughs> yeah, truly. And Margaret Moreau, uh, you may know her from Days and Confused. Yeah, that's where I know her from. That's what it is. Yep. Yep. Days and um, Confused, and another great movie. I wish oh, it was God. rated poorly so we could do an episode on it. That's one of my all time favorite movies. That is a great I, film. Yeah what a great movie about nothing yeah <laughs> yeah and let's kind of like you know get into kind of the plot points and kind of just discuss mm-hmm. the film itself because this movie starts off like full force just this is a it is a it, it gives the feel of a raunchy camp movie but it yeah. is not except for like one scene is pretty graphic but even then it's not mm-hmm. nudity graphic it's just content graphic it's really not a it's not yeah. the film the title it's not the film the title acts like it's going to be it's not an american pie you know, or like a Porky's or something like that. I guess is yeah, the best, really like, just, best way to put that. Yeah, it really isn't. It isn't a graphic movie. It's just a fun time. It's Days of Confused mm-hmm. mixed with Hot Rod yeah. mixed with American Pie. Like, yes, these 16 yeah. year olds trying to find love at their last day of summer camp. And it's, yeah, it's trying fun. to bone. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's to really bone. good. Yeah. Uh, I think one of my favorite characters in the movie is Gene the Cook who is hilarious. Oh, oh man, I hate that I hate that I can't remember who he's played by. He's um he's the uh the cop from uh SV uh, Law and Order SVU. 
I, I hate that. I can't. I hate this. I hate that. I cannot I'm, think of his keep name. Keep stalling. I'm looking. Keep stalling. Okay. So we're stalling. Uh, yeah. This movie takes place on the last day of camp. There's also a little bit of preface uh, for this film as well. There is a prequel series where that takes place on the first day of camp. It's a Netflix series. If you have Netflix, you probably do. You live in 2020. Go check it out. It's really good. It's more Wet Hot American Summer if you like this movie. Um, there's also a sequel series too that we'll get to that they actually allude to in uh, a little bit later here. Um, so, <laughs> you can stop stalling. Here. I found it if you want me to. Okay, Christopher gr- Maloney. Okay, great. It's Christopher, Christopher Maloney, Maloney is the actor. Okay, yeah. I almost wanted to say Vincent D'Onofrio, but that's criminal intent, not <laughs> Christopher not D'Onofrio. SVU. <laughs> D'Onofrio <laughs> coming in here. We got Kingpin. Yeah, <laughs> this big motherfucker. Like, yeah, no. Um, but yeah, where were we going with that? Because I totally, totally lost my train oh, of thought. Stalling. Just Gene the cook. His everything they have yes. about him in the movie with the the can of uh, vegetables played by um, Archer himself. Oh my god! Uh, it's just man, John H. Benjamin. What a what a fucking what a blessing. Yeah, what a blessing. Just, they do these just great kind of like gags with him where he's talking to someone and he'll turn his head and just say mm-hmm. something else, and it always it makes me laugh every time. Yeah, like it is it's just really a, good stuff. I wish that Gary Christopher Maloney would get more comedic stuff. Yeah, he hasn't really done that. He did Happy, the uh, show. Oh, that, um, did he? Yeah, he was like the. I think he's the okay. main character in that show. Yeah, he was. Oh, interesting. Okay, interesting. And it's just he he's a very co- good comedic actor, like, at least in this role where he kind of plays that, um, mm-hmm. kind of that shell shocked Vietnam, as he says it, Vietnam yeah, the veteran, the Nam, the Nam, <laughs> the Nam. <laughs> Hey, you might have noticed a weird cut in the audio just now. That'd be because my computer stopped recording and Discord stopped working. So we're going to start that conversation about Vietnam one more time and see if we uh, don't explode my computer. Morgan, you want to continue saying what you were about Gary the Cook or Gene the Cook? Yeah, like I, I, well, I was going to say, I think um, I think all of my all of my thoughts are kind of kind of uh, exhausted on Gene. But I was just going to say that. Paul Rudd in this movie is just so good and consistently so good. Um, Kansas City native, like, what up, Paul Rudd? How's it going? What um, up, KC? Yeah, KC, dog. Let's go, come come home after after quarantine. We'll go get some barbecue, dog. Hit me up. I know you're listening to the show. Um, I wish. Right? <laughs> That'd be a beautiful moment. <laughs> right? It'd be so good. Uh, yeah, Paul Rudd, call me. I just want to be friends. So not weird friends either. Just normal friends like me and Zach probably. Yeah, Paul Rudd plays like a, a great kind of like douchey character in this that you don't yeah you don't see from him ever like he's <laughs> he tells, just this he asshole he tells Elizabeth Banks you smell like a cheeseburger I don't like you anymore <laughs> like what Dude, the st- <laughs> Paul Rudd's character like the scenes with him like at the lake are yeah. so funny and the yeah. running joke of him just ditching kids on the side of the road when they see him do something bad dude you want to hear is... something really messed up i don't know if you read this bit i think i did okay i think i know what you're gonna say so for the audience uh this movie uh writer david wayne really 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 wanted to uh put in a bit where paul rudd because he was like abandoning all these kids and letting all these kids drown in the lake he wanted to throw in this bit about uh, where he murders a child to cover up all of the missing kid deaths, and he sent that to his father, and his father was so mad, and he's like, "If you put some bullshit like this into this movie, I will disown you." And so he didn't do it. <laughs> like that is how that is how messed up this movie almost is. 
<laughs> but that's like the funniest yeah, bit I can I can think of about this movie. <laughs> I I really love how the first time it happens, it's like led up to like him obviously hiding a kid. And then yeah. the second time when they're jet ski- they're taking a kid skiing on the water, yep. the kid goes, "Okay, it's my turn." If I'm guessing an entire boat full of children have drowned, and you yep. just it just hard cuts to him kicking the kid out of the van in the exact same spot as the last one, and it is just it is so good, so good, dude. And talking about characters who are like who mm-hmm. are actors who are just great in the film, I think Bradley Cooper, Amy Poehler, and Molly Shannon should all get shout outs. Yeah, because absolutely. they are all playing SNL characters. Yeah, it's totally like, true. These are SNL character characters. Yeah, and which well, I think um, I think uh, Amy Poehler has a has a history, I, and I only know this because my two roommates uh, love SNL, love skit comedy, um, and all of that. So they're they're very familiar with like um, TV Funhouse, and um, there's another one that was born out in the in the late '90s, and I, I wish I could remember it. But Amy Poehler was a part of both of those uh, in her in her sort of rise to sketch comedy with SNL and before she kind of um kind of came into being with oh uh, man who is who is her she was part of that dynamic duo and I'm totally blanking oh uh, it was her and Kristen Wiig oh no 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 uh no, Tina Fey Tina Fey why did I blink on Tina Fey I almost just said Sarah yeah, Palin because they've like all three of these are SNL like her like yeah. Amy Poehler Molly Shannon and um Tina yeah. Fey were all on SNL at one point Molly mm-hmm. Shannon was way back when she played Mary Catherine Gallagher and she was in Superstar, the yes. movie that SNL did. Yep. But they all kind of have this, they all that SNL feel to them. These mm-hmm. three act like Bradley Cooper, Molly Shannon, and and Amy Poehler all have this SNL feel to them because they're kind of like these caricatures of yeah people you'd know, like the snobby, weird uh, theater kids. Yeah. No dissing on theater kids. I love Broadway stuff. I'm a big Broadway guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then Molly Shannon's playing the crazy art teacher. No yeah. diss on art teachers. Don't okay. come at me, please. And another fun bit about the art teacher segment. There's a kid in... <laughs> this is so gross. This Man, what could have been with this movie? Um, I know what you're going to say. Yeah, it's so good. This is so bad. So there's a kid who you'd recognize from a lot of a lot of pretty, pretty common, pretty popular uh, 90s comedies, 90s films. There's a kid who consoles Molly Shannon about her divorce and uh or molly shan's character about her divorce with uh with rob and he uh this this kid he's very supportive he's very great and there's i'm gonna be honest with you watching this movie this kid is 12 years old i don't necessarily know how old molly shannon's character is supposed to be everyone is in their like 30s but they're supposed to be playing uh people in their late teens and early 20s or mid 20s it's it's hard to say but this kid, who is ob- very obviously 12 years old, there is an intense amount of sexual tension between this child and Molly Shannon. Uh, what a, a bit that was supposed to be in the script was this kid kissing Molly Shannon. And I yeah, think it, the, it would not have held up. <laughs> no, it would not have held up. And I think it was his parents that had to shut it down like real fast, which. It's just kind of kind of begs the question, like, man, how how fucked up is Hollywood? But also, you know, I mean, I'm sure they just probably thought it'd be a funny gag, but that's yeah, mm, yeah. There's a lot of other like weird stuff like that in this movie um, that I won't go into now. But it's it does not hold up. There is a bit with oh, there are some slurs in this film. There are some slurs in this movie. Surprise. Yeah, that are not I was okay. Very surprised by those. <laughs> no, yeah, not okay. Like much worse than Hot Rod. Probably much worse than. I don't know. We're gonna we're gonna see worse in this uh, in this when we as we do this show. Oh but yeah. 
Oh yeah. yeah. I just now realized the guy who plays Ron is the guy who played Frank in Thirty Rock. Oh, is he really? Judah Freelander. Yeah, it's oh, okay. the guy who played. Uh, I always forget this film was not made in the eighties. It was made in two thousand and one. Yeah. So these actors are not like have not aged, you know, sixty years since the film came out. It's been nineteen yeah. years. No, totally. Yeah, and I think that's part of its charm too, along with Days of Confused, because Days of Confused, also a movie set in the seventies, but filmed in the nineties. But man, that movie is could very well be mistaken in if that movie was sent to the future and you were to tell them that it was from the seventies, they'd be like, All right, yeah. Yeah, cool. We'd yeah, buy it. we'd buy it for sure because they did such a good job with that, just as they did with this too. And then we have this like my favorite part is the camp meeting because there's just a few really funny lines. Yeah, like when they're all meeting together and um, the the camp counselor manager goes, "I forgot to tell you there are four kid campers stuck in the rope course. I didn't tell you yesterday." Which God. just leads me to believe these four campers have been hanging out in a rope course for the entire day. Just chilling midsummer style, I guess. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Shout out to the and 10 of you get... who got that joke. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get the gang discussing meeting in 10 years. Their 9.30 meeting time, which is also another great gag in the film, is them talking about, <laughs> I've got a thing at 10 o'clock. Can we do 9.30? I've already moved it two times. And then I like, that sets up the Netflix sequel series that came out. I yeah. think like a two, maybe three years ago. It came out a couple summers ago. Yeah, the sequel, the prequel series came out in 2015, and then I think the sequel series came out in 2017 or 2018. Yeah. Fairly, um, and then we're going to talk about my, my absolute favorite part of this entire film. Mm-hmm. I think be the bulk of our discussion will be right here, is the everyone goes to town scene. The, oh, boy. Oh, boy. This montage. This montage. Let's, yeah, let's get into that, Zach. Can you explain Let's to the audience? With... <laughs> well, okay, so Beth, the camp man, the camp head person, is going to town to get books in order to become close with an astrophysicist who moved in next door to the camp, mm-hmm. which is a whole other discussion we'll have in a little bit. Yeah. And as she's going into town, the camp nurse comes up asking her if while she's in town she'll grab her some supplies. Her husband's coming in town. And I, this is going to be three shows, I think, in a row now. I've used this word. Mm-hmm. But she tells Beth that she needs some lube and then whispers really closely, for my pussy. And Why does this keep happening? I don't know. I It's we keep it's like the Isla Fisher movies. curse. Yeah, it is like the Isla Fisher. At first, the first two episodes, it was the George Clooney curse. Now <laughs> it is. And then it transitioned in the Isla Fisher. And now it is trans- now transitioned, transitioned into, into the word pussy. Pussy. Yeah. Glad. Um, mm, glad we're there. <laughs> another thing that this reminds me of Hot Rod is the soundtracks are uh-huh. very similar. Yeah. And kind of that 80s rock kind of thing. We have the mm-hmm. Love is All Right montage when they all go to town. Yep. Which, dude, this oh, montage boy. is incredible. So good. It is like, it is this movie in a nutshell. Just mm-hmm. kind of like the, what goes on. Like they're, they're getting beer. Then they go smoke weed. Then they buy coke from a man in an alley. And it's shot handheld where it looks like someone's like self-documenting in it. And it looks so fun. Um, hey, quick break uh, for just a second. I'm sorry. Um, okay. Aiden You're just good. came in. I'm going to I'm gonna put something on for him really quick. So. Okay, cool. No problem. Hey, we're back. Morgan is a good dad and we're real people. So we take breaks for kid time. Yeah. So now that we're back into it, I think we were discussing the uh, everyone goes to town bit. Mm-hmm. And... The scene where they go up and buy coke from the old guy in the alley, and then they go rob a lady for more money. Yeah. It's just like it moving a million miles an hour. We see them end up in a crack house. They're doing heroin. Huh. <laughs> and they get 
like it's okay, just... that's like one of the one things that terrifies me and so whenever it not so much i guess i don't know because heroin's scary guys but it's if i if i were to say i had one fear it'd probably just be heroin in general and so whenever this scene happens it is so intense <laughs> amy poehler's asking the dude for more she's like laying on his shoulder and they, they make put him all makeup on and it's just like great and then they get back to the the campsite and they're like oh it's great to get in town even just for an hour yeah and it, <laughs> yeah this is like a whole day they recovered from heroin addiction uh in a crack house yeah. like got mm, all right let's do it i guess let's just believe it guys it sounds good and then the, one of the other big plot points i want to hit on is uh-huh. neil and victor with the eagles at moose river oh yes <laughs> so victor is played by um oh god what was, it's not it's not joe trulio it's the other one it's uh, ken marino ken marino yeah and uh victor is played by um or neil is played by joe trulio and so early in the movie beth asked him to go take the eagles to moose river because she didn't want to mm-hmm and after at this whole point, Victor's been trying to get busy with uh, one of the other camp, one of the other counselors, Abby. Yeah. And he doesn't want to take the Eagles, so he gets them to Moose River, and then ditches Neil with the Eagles to go with Abby. <laughs> and then he's driving back to the campsite, and all of a sudden, while he's singing a song, he just goes, "Oh God!" and veers off the road into a tree, <laughs> but there's nothing in the road for him to crash into. Yeah. Oh, so good. And then. <laughs> And then proceeds a motorcycle chase. Which I just now realized is in daylight. Yeah. So this movie just has no time. No. No sense of time. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And they don't try to make up for it at all. And another fun piece of trivia. That that whole bit about him going, uh, going out and taking these kids out and trying to sneak out in the middle of the night with the van. Uh, to go uh, quote make out with Beth or the, or the what have you, that was based off of a real story, all the way down to the vehicle crashing and him being stranded from the director David Wayne. By the way, yeah, I saw that. I saw that. Yeah, on, and I on one of the trivia things is like, yeah, and I had to I had to walk back the two miles. Like I the, best... out the girl though. <laughs> yeah, he told me. Hey, he won, <laughs> but yeah, God, he wins dude. today. Yeah, <laughs> this movie. And this I love whole, this movie this based off reality. Eagles thing, it just spawns one of the best line, like one of the best scenes is the chase between yeah. Victor and Neil, which is great. The high speed chase is hilarious, but then towards the end of the film, when they're trying to find Victor because the kids are going to roll off of Devil's Canyon yes. Rapids, yes, and it's like it turns into this. Um, the calls come from inside the house scene where they're trying to figure out where Victor is. And they oh, go God. into the nurses station because the only other phone on ca- on the grounds of the camp is in the nurses station. They're just tearing it apart, <laughs> and it's just like such a weird change in what the movie is that it's just yeah it's so funny. It it's, is oh my God, I laughed so hard. It's hard not to, and even at the bits that I find myself not like, there are a lot of times in this movie where the the comedy still hits, but it doesn't ask you to laugh. Like I mean, you don't have to laugh at this movie because a lot of this comedy is just kind of like okay yeah okay dude it's very much my type of my type of humor which i found more recently the more i hang out in online social spaces spaces that have very chaotic uh sense of humor (laughs) and a lot of people recognize that and this movie is very chaotic energy uh chaotic humor kind of the whole way through so if anybody wanted to know my brand wet hot american summer is my brand (laughs) 
I don't. I'm not speaking ill of the movie, but I will uh-huh. say this movie is like Twitter shit posting the movie. <laughs> it is. It absolutely is. It is Twitter yeah. shit posting the movie. Yeah, ab- I would agree. It's. I want to talk about like this. So, like the whole film is leading up to a big talent show that Amy Poehler's character and um and uh God, Bradley Cooper. Yeah, Bradley Cooper's character is, yeah. are putting on, and this is all happening simultaneously while an astrophysicist who lives on the campgrounds is also hanging out with the indoor kids, as he calls them, trying to teach them science. <laughs> and they come upon the realization that um, a piece of NASA Skylab is hiding, heading right towards camp. Yep. And so this whole astrophysicist and Beth thing is hilarious. Like the, the And he's an associate the professor over, at the local so college. So he's less than. He is less than, as less he than. says. Yeah. And Which, then he's, yeah, he's hugged by a twelve-year-old in a uh, the Cure shirt. Shot the, the Cure girl. She's t- she's in the um in the credits of the film. She's called Cure Girl. Oh yeah, that's so good. Which is great. <laughs> and, so good. Um, and so like while it's all happening, Beth is trying to get with the astrophysicist. The astrophysicist is trying to get with Beth. Mm-hmm. They're all schmitten, and yeah. then they realize Skylab's heading for the camp. But at, for him to explain it, he tells Beth as they're walking down the trail to meet her at the picnic table in 10 seconds yeah and that was probably the biggest laugh i got in the movie was her standing there for 10 seconds and turning around and them having set up an entire like <laughs> science lab on this picnic table yep <laughs> absolutely um and then we kind of learned that skylab's heading for the rec hall which got one of the best lines of the astrophysicist going oh fuck my cock <laughs> <laughs> dude and because at first they're saying he said he tells the kids like oh it's nothing to worry about like it's not that big of a deal which is a very very similar to another ongoing uh issue in our <laughs> in our society right now I and don't now want to say it but you're right <laughs> and now the, and now the asteroid is hit but <laughs> But yeah, a lot of parallels to real life in this movie if you think about it. <laughs> That's crazy, man. Yeah. Uh and so while all this is happening on one side of the camp, on the other side of the camp, Amy Poehler character is trying to put on a uh rendition of Day by Day by Day, which is mm-hmm. from it's from Godspeed, right? The musical I think so. it is. I do think so. I, I mean I you're the Broadway guy, man. It's I this know, is, this is not my yeah. this is not my uh version of Broadway that I'm good to. Godspell. Godspell is the show. Okay. And so they're trying to get this all set up. And during the talent show, these kids, you know, are all hanging out. Alan Shimper, the stand-up comic they get from the country club, <laughs> with his jokes of being old. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> they're not funny in the slightest, but no. they you start laughing because they've been going on for so long. Oh, dude. I The talent <laughs> show is such like... Mm, what is the what is the right thing to call it? the talent show is the hardest thing to watch in it's this so, the, whole the kid movie. going white people be like the, the what white people be like yeah like, <laughs> like and honestly some of these kids are the best part of this movie uh totally, oh yeah totally off topic the talent show the beekeeper he his bit about how he doesn't shower michael ian black has to keep telling him to shower and he won't and then he at the beginning, he said, you can catch us every day right here on 89.9 FM at Jewish Day School Radio. <laughs> like, what? The, the reveal that nothing's been plugged in the whole time. That's yeah, one of the, so one good. Of the funnier it's reveals. Just like they pan down, out. and they're all hanging out, not plugged in. And you're talking about um, 
who's the actor you said the camp counselor who's talking to him to get a shower michael ian black yeah michael ian black's character (laughs) yeah and um ben who is uh bradley cooper's character are like yeah surprise twist that they're a couple so there is a very Uh very well shot and intense love scene between those two characters a very sweaty scene yeah <laughs> very sweaty with their with their knee-high socks still on oh yeah <laughs> and then uh i read in one of the trivia things is that when they asked bradley cooper who his favorite on-screen kiss was of all time in his career he said that it was michael was ian black with, with michael ian black and i just think that is the funniest it's thing so that is a true bromance right there absolutely so um, good and Ben and McKinley's wedding on the lakeside. Yep. And with then, Amy Poehler playing the flute. <laughs> yeah. And then the one guy who plays guitar, who never really gets a name, he's there too. He's just chilling. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot. I forgot about him. Yeah. And he's an actual actor. I. He's in other stuff. I. He, I just don't think he has a single line in this movie. And then I want to talk about at the end, whenever <laughs> everything's all done. Yeah. We're kind of skimming over the entire relationship that's like the main part of the movie with coop and um katie with coop and katie yeah but there's like the only like really funny part with them is the scene where they're trading cardigans <laughs> so good dude so so good he when they're setting in the barn <laughs> like at first it starts out like in 2020 you could look at it and it starts out like oh this is cute like he's asking for her jacket and that's just kind of you know oh how progressive and how like how adorable <laughs> but then it slowly turns into them just trading jack he's like yeah i'm gonna need that he's like you want my flannel she's like yeah i'll take your flannel i love this flannel he's like it's my favorite shirt so you're gonna have to give it back she says right now and he's like yeah so he gets she gives it back and he's wearing her sweater and his flannel and it's just but this morgan this the flannel it comes back it comes back because it it's, fits in this tiny little yes jewelry jewelry box that he gives her at the end of the movie yeah which you can very easily tell that's being fed up under the uh the bench <laughs> they don't even hide you can see the jacket coming up under the bench it's so good dude i love it this is movie. so funny <laughs> i love this movie oh so much my god and then we kind of get um katie and um Paul Rudd's character or in a relationship. Paul Rudd's a, a douchebag. Yeah. And it's just like so funny just to watch Paul Rudd be an asshole because I'm not used to it. Yeah, totally. And he's he's a he's an ass in the sense that he is so he his his mood swings hard left and right over and over and over again. And that's what makes it such comedy gold that he He'll like be making out with Katie, and then he looks at her. He's like, "Could you not? You're smothering me." And then she's like, that "Well, is... I thought like, don't you want to go do this later?" He's like, "Get off my back!" <laughs> like, oh my and then he stops everything that he's doing, and he's just like licking her neck and like all of this weird shit. <laughs> like, dude, <laughs> Paul Rudd's character in this movie is so good. And I was saying this earlier; it only gets better if you watch the net both Netflix series because it's just. Paul Rudd has had so much time to refine his craft that he just makes it so much better even later on. And then one of like the one thing, last thing I want to talk about, Mm -hmm. I ask you if you got anything I missed is at the end, Henry Newman, the astrophysicist receives the Hawkins award, which is just like a Wee league trophy. But did you notice what he does with that trophy when he's talking to Beth? No, he like hands it off the side of the screen. Like someone grabs it from his hands. Oh my God. 
so like he like he says one second I'll put this away, then puts his arm straight out, and you can tell someone so... grabs it because like he doesn't drop it. Oh, and that's it's just so one of like good. the funniest little sight gags. There are a bunch of little sight gags in this. Like there's the a... fact that it's always raining. It's always raining when they're shooting inside. Oh, because it rained during the shooting of the film. Yeah. And there so are some parts. Raining outside. Yeah, and there are some parts where it's so cold. If you look closely, and if you're watching this in HD, you can see the breath of some of the actors uh, in different lightings because it's so freezing well, cold. Yeah, yeah. I think it's the scene when um, they're getting to the lake, and yeah. Victor's gonna leave them there. It not even like you don't need to look hard for it. Like you can see no. the breath. It's yeah. just clear as day that it's 30 degrees out when they're <laughs> shooting. <laughs> Those poor kids who had to like extremely short shorts. Yeah, and ha- those poor kids that had to drown <laughs> in the lake. Oh, man. I-, I feel bad, especially for the younger kids who had to do all those lake scenes. Oh, yeah. There was like, these kids were underwater for a long time. Obviously, the magic yeah. of filmmaking, they weren't actually, but they were underwater for a long time. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's just like, oh, God. <laughs> it's like, oh, man, this sucks. All but, right, Morgan, is there anything that I missed that you want to talk about from this film? So I'm um, trying to rack my brain and through the notes of what I missed. Let's go through the docket here real quick. Um, we we covered last day of camp. We, I mean, all of this is, to be fair, this whole show has been out of order. That's totally fine. Uh, the, the docket's also kind of out of order. So I'm going through looking. Because, um, like, Coop and Beth under the tree. Oh, God. I, I <laughs> the keep... Italy conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, like, okay, there's a, there's also another bit that stands out to me, and it's so funny that, like, okay, Michael Showalter is Jewish, and he calls he calls his <laughs> his parents, and he's like, he's so he he kissed Katie for the first time, and he causes he causes dad, I think, and his dad asks the question on the other end of the phone, and to which he just says. <laughs> He just said, "Yeah, I think so." Her he's like, "I think so." Pretty big. Like what, dude? Like, <laughs> and then it's just like it's so obviously we know the question here, and it's just so stupid, dude. But, I think so. Her nose is pretty big. Oh, oh my dude. god, I forgot about that line. If you now. watch this movie, and I don't care, I don't care who you are. If you watch this movie and you don't end up with a crush on Katie, you're an idiot. <laughs> like, oh my god, dude, right? <laughs> yeah, so like, so great. And even like, even Michael Showalter's character, it's so hard not to love him, in like every way. And even I wish that I wish I could remember because there is kind of like the. It, the the movie doesn't give you this, but there is kind of a core four group of friends, and that's Michael Showalter's character. Um, I, I I hate that I don't know any of these character names, but there's like oh, Katie. It's like Katie. Oh, Showalter's character, Alan. Alan, Ben, is, um, and the two other guys. One of the guy, the guy who works with Gene in the cafeteria, and oh, Gary, Gary, and then their other friend with the long hair. Oh uh, yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, name. I can't remember his name it's either. He's like yeah. he's always he's always funny, but. Yeah, so it's like it's just a really fun. It's like it's kind of like Daisy Confused, where there yeah. is no plot. Yeah, it's and just that's them totally enjoying fun. like it's just a day in the life. It's a slice of life movie, and it is fucking hilarious. It's so good. Yeah, and in a movie like this, it's just you just need a plot to get from point A. You just need a start and a finish. You know, like you don't need. We didn't need the dumb astrophys like physics thing or anything like that. We didn't need any of those other things, but we got them, and so like. It, I think the back half of this movie, I don't know. I think the back half of this movie is a little weak just because it does rely on all of that stuff in order to end, which is fine. But I always end up, it always, it always ends up like falling out of place for me. 
um, whenever it starts relying super hard on like them quote saving the day and all that. And it's it's still funny. It doesn't make it any less funny. It's just like sometimes you let a comedy be a comedy, and and sometimes the seams start to show. I guess I guess that's my complaint. Mm-hmm. Is that yeah? No, I, I understand what you mean. Yeah, it's that's kind of the only gripe I would have with this movie. I love this movie to death, but if I were to criticize it, I'd say that like the back half is just a little goofy because it's not really giving us it's not really giving us what it gave us in the first half as far as like you said before, being a day in the life, uh, a slice of life type of thing. The best part about this movie is the dynamics between the characters and the chemistry and the script and the and the back half just kind of eats at that with the with the NASA thing. But it's still funny. It's still great. Oh, man. That's yeah, just my I, I think the chemistry, the chemistry in this film is like the best it could possibly be, I think. Yeah. It is. And the entire cast just flows with each other so well. Yeah. And, and it is a, it's a blast. Yeah. And one more thing. Um, I always say this now, but this was kind of the start of, I can say kind of the start. This was the start of the Elizabeth Banks, Paul Rudd duo, like dynamic duo sort of thing that we got to see a lot in the mid 2000s. Not unlike Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan in the late 90s. Yeah. They're kind of in everything together, and they're great they together. Early 2000s, Tom Hanks and they, Meg Ryan. They really are, and I always say that, and people always give me weird looks, but it's just, it's kind of true. I mean, after this movie, they they were in, um, oh man, don't ever call well, me on the in, spot. They, they were in uh, 40-Year-Old Virgin. They were both in that. Yes. Was she in 40-Year-Old Virgin? Yeah, I'm almost positive. That's Because that's an Apatow movie, and Elizabeth Banks it's, and Paul Rudd. The, they really, the Apatow, the Apatow umbrella yeah really put them together and almost everything yeah so much so that whenever i saw ant-man for the first time i was like wow i can't believe they put elizabeth banks in here because i wasn't super familiar with evangeline lily (laughs) but let's not forget elizabeth banks made her got her start Mm -hmm. in the sam raimi spider-man movies oh she did shout out to elizabeth banks yeah love elizabeth banks like one of the funniest one of the funniest actors like of our generation for sure and she doesn't even she doesn't have to be the super goofy like a super goofy sort of paul rudd or Kristen wig or melissa mccarthy or anything like that elizabeth banks is just all she has to do is show up and she's there and she's funny she did a great job in um she's done a great job in every role i think she's done great she did great in zach and Mirror make a porno which she's a lead in Mm -hmm. and yeah she's a really great vulnerable emotional like verbal character whenever she needs to be and just hilarious i shout out to elizabeth banks i want to be your friend too so hit me up on wow we're not look we're not gonna get a feud going with uh uh, elizabeth banks this movie this time around no feuds we're gonna do a friendship instead of a feud no yeah i don't think holy crap if i were to pick a fight with anybody in this movie i don't know who i would pick i got a new segment for the show okay ending every show with morgan starts a feud oh no It's like, oh man, that's tough because I don't want to fight anybody on this cast. Uh, if I were to fight someone on this cast, who would it be? Who sucks? Ken Marino. Ah, man. May- mm, yeah, I mean, he's the guy, he's definitely the guy in high school, you know, who, yeah. who we all know that guy. And man, the only guy that I would fight in this movie is Paul Rudd's character, but I'm not going to fight Paul Rudd, you know? No, Paul Rudd's so nice. I'm pa- he likes I'm, the Royals. I mean, the Royals. Yeah, I mean, worst case, I'm marrying Paul Rudd, not fighting Paul Rudd. So, fair, fair. <laughs> uh, if I were to fight somebody, I'll fight Amy Poehler. Oh damn! Okay, well, she's, she's just kind of rude, you know. This You're whole Leslie Nope. Okay. Yeah, I'm like more like Leslie. Um, she better nope out of this fight. <laughs> but uh, 
Yeah, that was a reach. We got there, guys. But yeah, oh, I would, I'd fight Amy Poehler. What up? No, well, I'd, I'd fight this this character because yeah, she's rude. She's a she's an egomaniac. She's very she's a diva and stuff. But and she's so rude to she's so rude to Beth. And even though Beth is just kind of just like doing her job, she she totally eats at Beth. So yeah, you know what? You know what? Fuck Amy Poehler, dude. I'll fight you, Amy <laughs> Poehler. What up? Let's go. Let's swing. You want to hit me up? Let's go. All right. All right. We got our we got our feud for the show. And I yeah. think that kind of gets our thoughts in on what Hot American Summer. I think so, too. You know, we're trying out the, we're trying out the new format. It's mm-hmm. going to take a little time to get used to. Yeah. But I think we really we hit our points we wanted to. And I think we had a really good discussion. I think we had a good show. What Hot American Summer is a great film. Mm-hmm. It is not that terrible. No, it's not that <sighs> terrible. We had a good show. Um, a good time. You could probably hear Toy Story in the background right now a little bit. That's fine. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. I mean, Pixar, we're not running AdSense on this yet, so don't don't get us. Don't bud. come at us. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> it's just my three-year-old. He's just having a good time. But yeah, I think this went really well. All right, Morgan, do you want to tell the people what our next show is going to be? <sighs> oh, man, do I? Do I want to? I think you should. I think you should. All right, guys. Next week... We're doing Kung Pao Enter the Fist with Nespod's own Cam Koenig. It's gonna be a ride. We're gonna have a lot of disclaimers at the beginning of that uh, beginning of that episode because it's gonna get spicy, but it's gonna be a good show. I I talked to Cam. Cam's super stoked to do it. I'm really glad to have him on. He's a good fr- he's a good friend. Um, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good time, and I can't I really can't wait. You heard it here, folks. Pitt State's own Cam Coney. <laughs> yeah. Next week. It's not that terrible. Go Gorillas. You can find me on Twitter at Y-R-O-K-A-Z underscore N-W-O-R-B. Morgan, where can the people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Morgan Highslip Backwards. That's at P-I-L-S-Y-H-N-A-G-R-O-M. That does it, guys. That's the show. We'll see you next week. Have a good week, guys. Thanks.